everyone. This is Carmen. And Christina. And this is Historias Unknown, a podcast where we talk about Latin American history. Sometimes it's horrible and deals with heavy topics like racism, corruption, and genocide. But more than that, it's also about resistance, power, and community. And I'm so sorry for my voice oh, and everyone <laughs> This is terrible. I'm, I'm supposed to record a spooky tales later, but I'm like, I can't talk. Mm, yeah. Yeah, you sound horrible. Luckily, today I'm doing most of the talking. <laughs> we are continuing <laughs> continuing with, um, you know, the part two of last week or last last week. Yes. Ugh. I'm just like, stop. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I'm going to be talking about um, Myrna Mac Ching today. And really quick, just content warning for violence and murder. So... Myrna Mack-Ching was born on October 24th, 1949, in the neighborhood of Barrio San Nicolás, located in the city of Retaluleo. Retaluleo. Leo. Retaluleo. Of Guatemala. That city. That's the city she was born in. <laughs> Apparently, everyone just calls it Reu for short. Reu? Reu. Reu. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's a city she was born in. And her parents were ethnic Chinese. And their names were Yam, Joe, Mak Choi, and Zoila Esperanza Cheng Lao. And she had five siblings. Marco Antonio, Helen, Freddie, Vivian, and Ronnie. <laughs> like an oh interesting combination of names. I love that. The <laughs> names are all so different. Yeah. Her family was more upper class since they owned a store in a rural area where mostly poor Maya lived. And last episode, we briefly talked about the genocide. Yeah. And also the um, war. Yeah. And all. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> also, when the dictator Jorge Huico Castaneda was overthrown mm-hmm. and then a peaceful period of democracy followed from 1944 to 1954, when Juan Jose Arevalo, and then after him, Jacobo Arbenz Guzman were presidents of the country. So we talked about that. Until the CIA was like, nope. Right. Um, and the United States. Mm-hmm. And then we talked about how they ushered in major progressive reforms. Um, and so that period of time of democracy was known as the 10 years of spring, which I didn't know when we were talking about it last week, or I would have said it. <laughs> I learned now that know. this time. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I was known as a 10 years of spring. And so, yeah, she was born during this time of progress. And then I really couldn't find much about the rest of her childhood or adolescence. But in 1967, she graduated from Colegio Monte Maria as a primary education teacher. And then in 19. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then in 1971, (laughs) she graduated from the School of Social Service of the Guatemalan Institute of Social Security with a social work degree. Wow. Okay. I was going to say, I was going to cut you off. Like, is that social work? But then you said it. (laughs) And then she continued her education, studying anthropology at the University of Manchester and the University of Durham. I think that's you say it. It's not Durham. (laughs) No, that sounds wrong. Durham in England. Before completing her thesis, she also had a daughter named Lucrecia Hernandez Mack in 1973. Myrna's thesis was titled From Grassroots Organization to Mass Mobilization in Nicaragua, the Case of Esteli. So it kind of just planted the roots of, you know, mm, her political beliefs. Yeah, I was about to say, I wonder how she became like 
radicalized because that is a radicalized thesis. I think it was during her studies and stuff, probably okay. like, I, I think the way she grew up, the neighborhood she grew up in as well, because probably, um, yeah. she saw the conditions of the Maya um, uh-huh. of her neighborhood while her family was like upper class. Okay, yeah, yeah, that'll do it, yeah. Yeah. For, and some, for some people, it'll just be like, oh, we're better or something. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, as a school teacher, she worked like with imp- impoverished families, not like in a rich school or anything okay. like that. And then a social worker after that, you know. Yeah, so. okay. Yeah. That, yeah, I see. I see the trajectory now. Mm-hmm. And so after completing her studies, and her thesis in 1982, she returned to Guatemala, only to find Guatemala in political turmoil. By this point, Guatemala was well into the civil war, 22 years in, to be exact. Oh, yeah. So, and although the war had already, Wait, sorry, where was she during all this time? She was in England. Oh, right, Dur- Durham. That's yeah. what. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the war had already began, um, or begun. I don't never know the right one. When she left. The violence had only escalated and things were just like 10 times worse by the time she came back. And so she decided to do something about it. Like we talked about last episode, the government was extremely punitive and eradicated its opposers by any means necessary. They not only targeted, abducted, and massacred opposition leaders, but also civilians that had nothing to do with the guerrillas. And like we talked about last time, the majority of these civilians were indigenous um, Maya. And once she was back in Guatemala, Myrna started working as a journalist and editor for InfoPress Centroamericana, where she did investigative reporting and analysis on the political unrest of the country. And so she was dedicated to justice and truth telling at a time when most honest reporters were dead or in exile. Mm-hmm. We know what happens to journalists during dictatorships, yeah. as is happening now. In, in El Salvador and Central America, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because Guatemala and Honduras are the same, mm-hmm. following in the same dictator footsteps, yeah, dictator steps. Mm-hmm. So, in 1986, Mirna and her colleagues from InfoPress Centroamericana founded the Association for the Advancement of Social Sciences, or Avansco, put together. Mm, easier, yeah. <laughs> And this was a social science center with a mission to empower research on the social, cultural, and political impact of the Civil War and the human rights abuses committed by the military government slash dictatorship slash junta. You know, those words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Committed by them against marginalized and displaced Maya communities. And through her research with Avansko, Myrna demanded that the government recognize the disparities faced by the Maya. And for this, she was labeled an internal enemy of the state and became a target of the government. Myrna's work exposed and documented the destruction of indigenous communities. Through Avansko, Myrna conducted an in-depth study of the internally displaced indigenous since many were left without homes but had been denied the legal benefits of refugee status because they remained in Guatemala. That's how mm. they came up with the term internally displaced. Where were they supposed to go? Or they expected them to leave the country, I guess. Yeah, because other people fled, you know, yeah. the civil war and became right, refugees right. elsewhere. But because the Maya fled and most of them fled into the jungles and the mountains, okay. but they remained there in Guatemala. 
So then they were not eligible for any aid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Myrna's research, which was published in the book Institutional Policy Toward the Internally Displaced Persons in Guatemala, included testimonials of displaced individuals and raised awareness within the country about the extreme poverty and violence faced by the Maya and about the military's role in creating those conditions. And more than that, her research proved that the state developed a scorched earth strategy to achieve the massive displacement of and massacres against the Maya. Yeah, she was out here like proving that they were behind this so that they couldn't even like say, oh, no, like it wasn't us. Like, Mm -hmm. no, this this literally says it was you. Yeah. And so this included the military bombing, shooting people from the air while driving them from their homes. Yeah. And I guess maybe we didn't explain very well last time because we've said it in other episodes, but the whole purpose behind scorched earth is because uh, like supposedly for the people developing these tactics, the the enemy or the communists or the guerrilla fighters are indigenous people. And so the the way to defeat them is to destroy the communities because to them, they're the same thing. Even if these communities are not actively like gun in hand shooting back, they're hiding the yeah. guerrilla armies. They're mm-hmm. helping them. They're aiding them. So what they're going to do is go through the land and destroy it, burn it, really. So that's the name Scorched Earth. And they, they call it, on, on top of Scorched Earth, they call it like, um, what was it? Like, I don't remember the term. But basically destroying the community to weaken the... Yeah. And they had like a sentence that was like something with a snake, maybe? I don't remember. Mm, I don't remember. Yeah, it was scorched earth. And then there was one more phrase that they used. But it's basically just going through these communities, burning the land, destroying anything that they could use to help themselves, and then killing the members of yeah this, these communities is what that is. So hence the scorched earth term. Uh-huh. Yeah, and specifically these communities because that's where the guerrilla fighters are from. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, they did all of this. Um, and even, you know, they would still send in elite military units just to make sure they had offed everybody, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which, of course, is horrible. Very, very. And Myrna's work also shed light on the United States' involvement with the Guatemalan government's extermination policy in an outright called this in extermination policy which it was but of Mm -hmm. course the government didn't want to admit that so yeah i mean people weren't aware about the united states role in all this yeah myrna also called on the government to protect those that had been internally displaced by the military which of course threatened the military who at this point this was 1985 a civilian elected government had been elected already but the military was still running things so it was like a facade or how do you say government how you say facade (laughs) facade there you go yeah um yeah so it was still the dictatorship like the same yeah Um, just hiding behind a quote-unquote elected official which was like a rigged Mm -hmm. yeah and so myrna also worked closely with the catholic church um because the catholic church was the only legal institution that was supporting the displaced Maya community at that point. So along with the church, she helped the communities of the population in resistance or CPRs for short. 
And just mm-hmm. to define that really quick, <clears throat> you probably came across that term before, right? Uh, yeah. PRs, yeah. So this was just the Maya that became displaced and fled to the mountains and jungles of the Ixcan, where they organized into communities of population of the in resistance, essentially. So they organized, and that term was then like created to, I don't know, label them basically. Yeah, yeah. So along with the church, Myrna helped the CPRs published a communication in 1990, like a publication type thing. And then the government wrongfully attributed that written communication to her, which made her even more of a target. Mm. You know, along with nuns, churchmen, guerrillas, and intellectuals. And one of the articles I read was pointed out like this was the government wrongfully attributing that to her was like just another way of them assuming that the indigenous people were not smart enough to um oh yeah publish that on their own mm-hmm. yeah because it was kind of like a declaration of resistance type thing okay yeah yeah um so they assumed that she was the one that wrote it when it, it wasn't her she just helped them publish it yeah get it out there but they wrote it mm-hmm. of course they 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 assumed it wasn't them though yeah like i'm not surprised so Myrna was working on her second um, book titled Where is the Future based on her research. Sadly, she was killed before she could finish her book on the evening of September 11th, 1990. As Myrna left her office at Avansko, she was stalked, accosted and stabbed 27 times. Oh, my God. And left for dead on the street. Oh, my God. Yeah. But it would be many years before Myrna's murderers would be held accountable and a period of impunity would follow Myrna's murder. Um, Myrna's sister, Helen MacChange, fought a, a little over a decade long battle seeking justice for Myrna's murder, which brought national and international attention to Myrna's case. So was she she was murdered basically after the, the declaration of resistance? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because she was already labeled an internal enemy of the state and they were um, mm-hmm. stalking her and gathering intelligence on her. Mm-hmm. Spine, basically, I guess. Yeah. But once that publication by the CPRs came out, they were like, she's got to go. Yeah. And she was murdered after that. Yeah. So, yeah, Myrna's sister, Helen, fought a decade, over a decade long battle seeking justice for Myrna's murder which brought national and international attention to Myrna's case and even led Helen to win awards for her, you know, journey in seeking justice um, Mm -hmm. and an end to an impunity of political murders. The Guatemalan government, on the other hand, did everything in their power (laughs) to protect those responsible for Myrna's murder and impede judicial efforts and investigative efforts since the beginning Mm -hmm. of Sounds, you know, yeah, case. sounds about right yeah for example um no fingerprints were taken at the scene of the crime investigators failed to obtain blood samples they failed to com- take a complete set of photographs of myrna's wounds they of course mm-hmm, they discarded fingernail samples before they could be analyzed by a lab technician and they never examined the clothes she was wearing wow Everything mm-hmm. that could lead, of course, they already they already know who did this. Mm-hmm. They said they probably sent them, so they're like, we're not collecting any of this. 
And if it weren't for the courageous witnesses that came forward, um, the case would have <gasps> never gone to trial. Oh. Since the murderer, Sergeant Major Noel de Jesus Beteta Alvarez, was protected by his superior, superiors in Guatemala and also by the United States. By the United States. Yeah, except I couldn't find more information about how, so... Damn. But I'll take the I'll take the word the article's word for it. <laughs> I too. believe it. <laughs> Anything that says the United States was involved, I'm like, yeah, um, yeah, um, yeah. Of course. of course they were. <laughs> yeah, and it wouldn't be surprising because she uncovered how the United States was new and was funding and helping yeah. them commit genocide against the yeah. Maya people. Mm-hmm. So yeah, why wouldn't they be involved in this? Yeah. Um, among the witnesses that helped secure a conviction were Carlos Tejeda, only a teen then. Wow. He testified that he saw Beteta stabbing Myrna and a newspaper vendor, Virgilio Rodriguez Santana, reported seeing men stalking or staking out Myrna's family mm. leading up to the murder. Okay. Wow. And Virgilio was actually forced into exile after coming forward publicly. Wow. A couple of weeks into the investigation, two detectives, Jose Miguel Merida Escobar and Julio Perez, wrote a 60-page report in which they they determined that Myrna's murder was politically motivated, and they identified Beteta as a covert agent of the state. And for that, Jose was murdered while preparing to flee the country due to threats he was receiving, and (gasps) Julio was forced into exile. Oh, my God. But this was not initially known because law enforcement, these two detect. And I understand being afraid for your lives. But yeah. so they submitted in a bridged version, uh, a 13 page version instead of the 60 page report. Oh, my God. To the court. That's a lot. Yeah. That they was left out. And let me tell you what was left out. <laughs> uh-huh. So they felt in that 13 page abridged version of the report. It failed to mention any military involvement in Myrna's murder and to identify her murder as politically motivated, instead stating that it was a robbery. Wow. And it wasn't until 10 months later that the court found out about the original 60-page report. Do you know how they found out? Yeah. Okay. Jose was giving testimony during the court proceedings, and he revealed this information during his testimony. Sorry, which one is Jose? One of the detectives. Oh, one of the detectives. Okay. So it was Jose and Julio were the two detectives that okay, okay. And they said they did it when they were being questioned. Yeah. That they During testimony. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so then he shared this information. Um, and a month after his testimony, he was killed outside of police headquarters and his killers were never identified. Wow. So I know that they provided the abridged version and kept out that it was politically motivated to protect themselves. And, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's wrong at the end of the day. And it's like, we talked about also during yeah. the international adoption episode of Guatemala, that a lot of people, you know, didn't come out with the truth about what like the doctors and the lawyers they were working for were doing to protect themselves. But then you look at like, people that were brave enough to come forward and their lives were in danger too so yeah. it's like if they're risking themselves yeah. they know and it happened they two two of the witnesses fled and one was murdered right um one went into exile i didn't read anything about what happened to the teen um carlos oh, okay 
Um, but the detectives, once the truth okay. did come out, one yeah. was murdered, Jose, who's the one who oh, right. actually Said. gave the testimony. Yeah. yeah. And then Julio had to flee. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, it doesn't make it right, but like we, I understand. But like if a teen yeah. could come forward with like the truth, like these, come on, like, yeah. But not to dimin, they were murdered. <laughs> yeah. He was murdered for it. Yeah. You know, no, that's so true. it's yeah. all together. But this, that kind of environment, you know, just. It breeds impunity. It, 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 yeah. 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 Because on top of the government trying to hide actively hide it like then the people are afraid to even say anything yeah. with reason so yeah it's it's a tough situation like yeah i could see i can see why they they didn't want to say anything because look at what happened yeah but um yeah, wow mm-hmm. so i read that beteta had to be extradited i think from the u.s but i'm not entirely sure like i couldn't find where he was at oh. just that he had to be extradited but before he, you know, was extradited and actually faced the courts, Bedetta was showing off about murdering Myrna and dozens of others oh to God. a, um, I mean, sorry, before he was sentenced, he was extradited, he was put in prison, yeah. and then he was sentenced, right? Um, uh-huh. But during that time, he was showing off to a prison cellmate about the murders he'd done, and that cellmate risked his own life and testified against Bedetta. That is brave. Yeah. And I don't care if people are like, well, what was he getting out of it? Like, he could have been killed too. Like, yeah. So, I mean, look, like, yeah. tons of people are killed for coming out with the truth. So, yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, in 1993, Beteta was sentenced to 25 years in prison. But Helen didn't stop there. She also fought for the case to go further and to, um, for the three other officers that were involved, like, in planning the murder. Uh-huh. Um and involved in stalking, stalking her, her yeah, mm-hmm. in the family, yeah, um, for them to be to face the courts as well. And so these three officers were Beteta's direct superior and assistant director of the Presidential Security Division, Colonel Juan Guillermo Oliva Carrera, Colonel Juan Valencia Osorio, who ran the security division, and General Edgar Augusto Godoy Gaiton the commanding officer of the entire presidential general staff. So these are basically like high I was gonna say, dictator these are officials. Higher ups. Yeah. Yeah. And so they were the intelligence like operatives behind Myrna's murder and dozens and hundreds dozens of others. Of others yeah. yeah. So they were indicted in 2002, but ultimately only Colonel Juan Valencia was sentenced in 2004 to 30 years. But he fled from authorities and I I couldn't find information after that. What like became of him? Yeah. Wow. Um, oh, well, I hope he's like out somewhere like suffering like the one of the. Oh, yeah. Um, gosh, who was it? And I don't want to like be super wrong. So don't be like, quote me on this. But I think it was the man who shot um, Oscar Romero in El Salvador. Oh. I think he is currently like somewhere in another country in the mountains, like houseless and begging for food, and like his kids won't talk to him. Damn, I'm pretty sure that's him because whoever 
did it fled lived in modesto for a while i remember that mm-hmm. yes it's this man that i'm talking about and it was during the salvador salvadoran war yeah um civil war so i'm like i'm hoping that this person that you're talking about now has a similar outcome in life like i hope he hopefully didn't leave, like a happy life after yeah. what he did mm-hmm. helen endured countless death threats seeking justice for myrna's murder but she was relentless. She not only appealed to the Guatemalan government, but she also took the case to the Inter-American Court of Human Rights, so International Court, and won. Wow. The case was heard in 2003, 13 years after her initial petition. And finally, in 2004, as part of the ruling instituted by the Inter-American Court, the Guatemalan government publicly admitted to its participation in Myrna's murder and apologized and during the ongoing like international legal proceedings many horrific truths came to light and this was when a lot of the government's horrible atrocities came to light oh so this included that the president general staff security division had its own death squad and so like people were aware of course of the death squads but they didn't know who the death squads worked for of course it came to light that they worked for the government Uh uh-huh um, it also came to light that the United States was collaborating with the Guatemalan government to counter what they called subversion, which we now know as the policy of national security doctrine. Have we talked about that before? What is that? I don't think so. I thought we had. But basically, it's a U.S. foreign policy of working with dictatorships that they helped set up to okay. uh, fight communism. Or what they okay, label okay. as subversives. Yes, yes. Yeah. I am aware of this. I just forgot the name. Yeah. But yeah, I have heard this. Um, so that came to light. Mm-hmm. And then it was also found out that the U.S. was aware of the Guatemalan Presidential Security Division's practice of kidnappings, torture, forced disappearances, and extrajudicial executions, but continued to support the government, the generals, the dictatorship uh, monetarily and in other ways you know i mean they were collaborating with them Mm -hmm. and it was also found that the generals that were indicted for plotting myrna's murder and i think also the one that did the murder were graduates of the school of the americas i knew that shit was going to come to play i was waiting (sighs) like when are we going to hear the name (laughs) school of the americas yeah fuck that place yeah and this was the first legal case in guatemala that proved the state's direct participation in violating human rights and proved that the state used its power to prevent accountability, you know, for impunity. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, before, you know, we end, I want to share some of Helen's words about her long ordeal in fighting for justice. Helen said, quote, I was shocked to see how the police, judges and prosecutors didn't want to work on the case. They treated me as though I was the one responsible or guilty. And then so I had one more quote from her. <laughs> of course, um, yeah. She also said um, the following about U.S. foreign policy and their terrorist vibes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Quote, in Guatemala, as in all of Latin America, the national security doctrine promoted by the U.S. brought violence, terror and massive human rights violations. As a result of it, armies ceased power, intelligence activities increased and counterinsurgency policies were adopted that defined as enemy of the state, anyone who tried to act freely. Yep. Yep. <sighs> yep. And a lot of these atrocities come later come to light because of 
women. Like, yeah, this is Mirna's sister, um, Rufina Maya in El Salvador. Uh-huh. The same thing. And um, yeah, this, las, what were they called? Ma- Madres de la, de la Plaza, La Plaza de Mayo, uh-huh. also in Argentina. Yeah. It's sad that uh, her sister, I mean, it's the same thing we've said so many times because so many of these cases are the same, not the same story, but same situation almost where like the family can't even mourn and instead they have to fight. Yeah. They have to go against the world, like literal powers, like governments. um, And how brave of her. Yes. And she, along with... Everyone in her family and uh, Myrna's daughter faced mm-hmm. death threats as well. Because they wanted the truth and they wanted justice yeah. for their family like member that was killed. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just the, the same thing. They can't even mourn properly Yeah, uh, because they have to fight. And it's sad. Like, yeah, just very brave. Mm-hmm. I did have like a tiny Bukele update. Oh. Um, just that. And this is from CSPES because I um, came across a tweet that was like talking about it. Mm-hmm. I'm also sorry for my voice. <laughs> but and this is from uh, from last month, but we haven't had a chance to do Bukele updates. So. Yeah. Um, Bukele advances bid for unconstitutional re-election amidst uh, seismic reforms to political system. So there was protests against mm-hmm. um, him like uh, on Independence th- Day, right? Yes, yes. Uh-huh. But yeah, so July 10th, he made headlines because he became the presidential candidate for his political party, New Ideas. Which, again, is unconstitutional. Yes. Uh-huh. And they've been preparing um, for this unlawful presidential candidacy for, like, a long time now. Um, as we recall that yeah. he got rid of, like, the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. He, you know, all this. Um so in June, they, the legislator approved Bukare's proposal to slash one third of the legislative uh, assembly. Um, so it went mm. down from 84 seats to 60. Which mostly uh, constitutes of his party, right? Yeah. So what's going to, the 60 that remain mm-hmm. are going to be the majority of his party. Yeah. Then there was another to eliminate, another proposal of his to eliminate 80% of the country's municipalities. Mm hmm. Uh, thus lessening the amount of like judicial oversight yeah yeah uh-huh so that went down from 262 to 44 from what sorry 262 to 44 oh my god this is just horrible like he is uh <laughs> yeah taking out or eliminating like checks and balances you know which is a, a pillar of democracy he is yes turning i mean we've already talked about he's becoming he's setting himself up to be a dictator uh-huh. And with these changes, there's not even a... Whatever election happens, it's not going to be a... It's not a real election. Yeah, election. Because of all those, these changes that he's made. These illegal things that he's doing to become president again. If you look at the whole of El Salvador, like, economically, it hasn't changed. He hasn't improved the country. Nothing has really improved. Like Other than they've imprisoned more and yeah. more people. Mm-hmm. And tourists can now safely walk the streets i guess um yeah. but like other than that um <laughs> nothing has changed you know 
more and more people in El Salvador itself are complaining that the government hasn't resolved real problems like the economic crisis. <laughs> okay, so yeah, the the cutting eliminating 83% of municipalities allows Bukele and his government to strip allocated funding that would have gone to these municipalities mm -hmm. to keep more money for themselves, mm -hmm. which is <laughs> what like yeah. Oh my god. Um and yeah, I mean I don't know how at the end of the day this this man has support. More people are dying and in and wrongfully and his uh imprisoned by his yeah. You know, unlawful imprisonment of people that shouldn't be imprisoned. Like mm -hmm. I know that's um worded terribly, but yeah, it's uh not a good not a good look this is a very corrupt corrupt uh, regime and yeah and yeah and it's truly sad and embarrassing that he has supporters out there and they're falling for this especially especially the uh diaspora here in the united yeah, states like y'all are truly embarrassing and it was also embarrassing that you went out and celebrated the salvadorian independence day because Salvador is not independent, cannot be independent when there is this amount of corruption existing, right? Like, yeah, you can't be an independent state when you can't even have a real election. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Independence where, bitch? Nowhere. <laughs> Nowhere, yeah. So, yeah, that is the, the update. Well, thank you for that update. It had been a while before uh, or since we talked about Bukele. Yeah, but I think it was important to address, especially with the Independence Day yeah. celebrations that just happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, so thanks for listening. Thank you, Carmen, for bringing the story, um, the story of Mirna. Uh, when I was wanting to um, cover myself, so I'm glad you brought it because, yeah, important stories that we all need to hear yeah, and I hope that yeah. this and was keep her one memory less... alive. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Go, go on. on, go on. No, 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 you go. <laughs> I on. just said to keep her memory alive. Um, and you go on now. <laughs> and yes, we are still every other week for now. Thank you for listening, everyone, and we hope this was one less historia unknown for you. Bye. Bye.